Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Covefi Break on Unsafe Space. Today's Friday, February something, February 26th. And uh, I'm Carter. And here's Carrie. Hello, and Carter. I almost wore that hat the other day, Carrie. We have matching Pirate Thompson I know. Hats. It would be great if we were both wearing it today. I, but... Should I go get my hat? You do yeah. the intro. I'll go get my hat. Okay, okay. Welcome to Unsafe Space. If it's your first time joining us, this, this is a live show that we do on Mondays and Fridays. It's called Faffy Break. It used to be a daily show. Now, now it's two days a week. And we also do a show called Programmed, which, which is more of a deep dive into social justice ideology. And we do interviews on with dip, lots of different interesting people. We have another, another series hosted by Comics Division, a.k.a. E.E.N. And show about the great great reset. He just put out a new new episode yesterday. If you want to check that that out, we also have a book club that we've been doing for a couple years. And, and our book club, all between fiction and non nonfiction. This month month we're reading nonfiction. We're reading the fourth turning, and we're gonna be be uh, you have about a month. Oh, get your hat. <laughs> yeah, Pawski. Gave thank us these hats. Thank you. By the way, it's it's Carrie's audio weird for everyone else. She's like uh, this weird echoey thing, which I've never heard before, and nothing's changed on this end. Uh, let me check. My oh yeah, someone quick. says yeah. Is it is it just with Carrie though? Right? You're like Max Hedrumming. Yeah, someone said you're Max Hedrumming. Should Dude, I hang hey, up? Drop off and come back. Yeah, that's fine. I'll just finish off. Okay. Uh, she probably didn't talk about book club yet, although maybe she did. Next book is the fourth turning which is on March 28th. And uh, I don't know what book we're going to read after that. We need to decide. But we alternate between fiction and nonfiction. The fourth turning was uh, fourth turning was recommended by Kamran Pasha and a few other people. Uh, let's, see if you're, let's see if your audio is better now, Carrie. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? That's still weird. I wonder why that Damn is. Damn it. I do. I do need that new PC. Pirate Tomsky's case, a couple I, of PCs and these in the suit. Okay. <laughs> I'm really confused about why that is, though, because I don't, there's no reason that you should be echoing on my end that I know of. Um, oh. Hmm. It's always something with us. Sorry, sorry, guys. All right. Well, I'm not sure how to get around this. Hey, try calling from your phone. That will then we'll figure out if it's my end or your end. Okay. Man, someday, someday we won't have. To, I know that it sucks to have tech issues at the beginning of the show, and we get mocked for it. But I don't. There's like gremlins and gremlins in the whatever silicon. Um, all right, so that's that's what's going on with book club. Gary's gonna join back in. It happened when I went to get my hat. <laughs> I need to take off my hat. All right, I'll try taking off my hat, Sandy, and we'll see if that is any better. Um, right, it sounds like she has more than one mic on, right? Yeah. Is Carrie's mic echoing in your speakers? No, that would be – that's like Echo 101. I'm not that bad. I, I, I do know that that's not happening. <laughs> Carrie, speak. Just say Hello. something so we know. Hi. Hey, no echo. Oh, God. Okay. It sounded like you had two mics going on. So. By the way, 
does everyone agree that her phone's video quality is way better than her? I'm just, I'm messing with you, Carrie. I know you don't want to do. I don't like using my phone, but okay, I know. here we are. <laughs> as long as the battery lasts. So welcome. <laughs> this is our standard. Usually at the top of the show, we like to do four minutes of technical problems, a minute of greetings. <laughs> And then... <laughs> you know, we've been having these internal discussions about like making the beginning of the show like cleaner and getting to topics more quickly or at least having a set time. Uh, but when this is what's going on, I just I just give up on days like today. I give up. I give up. Well, uh... at least I'm not mad. Monday, I was angry about technical issues today. I just don't care. Yeah. Uh, so it's much better. Well, <laughs> buy a shirt. Here, go buy a shirt. It says mostly peaceful. It's an awesome shirt. The end. All right. <laughs> hey, guess what happened to me? What? You know, for a year now, I've been, I haven't really worn, I don't wear the mask in the big box stores around me, like the HEB, the Target, right. big stores. I just don't wear it. And anybody who watches the show, and obviously you, Carter, know that I just, if if people at the, at the door say something, which they don't usually anymore, but at the beginning for a few months, they would say, you know, would you like a mask? And I just say, oh, no, thank you. I don't wear them. And then they leave me alone. And f for the whole year, I've been mentally prepared for someone to be, to go off on me. Like we see all these cell, cell phone camera videos of people having confrontations over masks and stuff. And um, that's that hasn't happened to me in these encounters in the in the store and uh, for like a year it hasn't happened but I've been prepared and then it finally happened this week someone and oh. so for anyone who I just want to share this in case this happens to you this is a good thing to do is to be prepared I was in the checkout and the guy in front of me was wearing a mask and he was kind of glaring at me but I wasn't really sure because it now in the the, this new world, I guess, that we're in with masks on, everybody just seems angry all the time anyway. I couldn't really tell. I was like, is he glaring at me or am I just imagining it because everybody looks mad in their mask? But he was glaring at me, I think, because then he turned to the um, checkout lady and he said really angry and very, very loud. He was like, you know, how stupid do you have to be not to wear a mask these days? And then he turned and looked at me and pointed <laughs> And so, so he's got some balls. That's some passive aggressive balls. One of the things I like is people who are really angry but don't have the balls to confront you and say it loudly to the clerk at checkout. That's that's some manly behavior there. Yeah, that'll but save actually, Western civilization. Actually, do you want them to say it to you? I thought yeah. about that. Probably not. That's not 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 necessarily better either. I mean, I either, prefer direct confrontation. But, but either way, he's not. Um, it is direct because he's saying it loud enough for me to hear. And 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 either way, it, either way, it doesn't matter because he's not looking to engage. He's just looking to enlist his anger. And so, oh wait, wait. See, here's the problem with my phone. I don't know how to mute it like I can on the computer. Oh, you can't mute your phone. Yeah, I can mute you, but then I don't. Here, I'll mute you and give me a hand signal to come back. All right. <sighs> By the way, Carrie does have a new computer that we purchased for her. I don't know, six months ago. Who knows what's going on over there in Texas. Let's do a few super chats while while Carrie's uh, out doing her thing. Azor says, the Chinese got Carrie. It was nice knowing her. 
It was, and it's over. Oh, also, we missed one of previous one from Azor that said Afternoon, Carrie, Carter, and everyone, but I can't put that one on screen because it's too old, but I do have it here. Um, Roger Haynes gives us a little thumbs up sticker, which doesn't show up on screen when I click on this little button, but just imagine how awesome a thumbs up sticker might look. Uh, LP says, all right, let's go ahead and start the Carrie's new mic fund. She has a new mic and a new computer, so I, I don't know. We need a Carrie's IT assistant fund. Um, and someone says for the, uh, get Agrippa says, gives us five bucks for the free carry fund. Uh, let's wait. Can we unmute you now, Carrie? Can you give me a thumbs up? All right. You're unmuted. Anyway, end of the story was if you're, if you are doing, this is actually good advice for people. If you're, if you're, I know some people have written me and said that they've been encouraged to take theirs off in some stores and stuff too, and not wear it. So if someone comes up to you, I had prepared for this. So he said this mean thing, you know, and gestured at me. So I just smiled at him. I just smiled at him because I prepared mentally for what I would do. And instead of taking his anger and then reflecting anger back at him, I just smiled and said, have a nice day. And then he had nowhere to put his anger. It was uh, my friend said it was like judo, but it is because you're not letting them put it on you. So then it like doubles back on him. And he was like, and he. He left there and I was thinking, so what happens now? He's probably driving home really angry um, because he didn't know what to do when I just smiled and said something <laughs> nice. And I didn't say it sarcastically. I said it not, like, have no, a nice right. day. Yeah, okay. You know, so then he's like, what, doubly angry. He <laughs> probably went on Facebook and did an angry post. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he doesn't have any. He's got to like swallow it and sit in his <laughs> anger yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on and i'm on it tiger all right uh yeah i'm sure he did uh related to that we've got another super chat um witter sams says a double masking lemming scolded me for being maskless even threw an icy snowball at me whoa in central park which is the initiation of the use of force by the way while i was walking my pyrenees my pyrenees is very non-compliant all i'll say <laughs> good well, hey, you know, uh, what is that, karma? I don't know. But uh, thank you, Water Sam's. That was 50 bucks. Well, while Carrie is, who knows what Carrie's doing? I'm just going to take a deep breath today and embrace the chaos. Um, I know what I'll do. I'll show you guys a cartoon. Because this is a cartoon that I showed. I, I think I actually put this on one of our shows like recently like shortly after biden um but i didn't realize how appropriate would it would be already it's already appropriate uh so here here it is here's for those listening only joe biden getting sworn in uh a little npc sitting at home smiling saying finally a return to normalcy and then the last frame of this cartoon is it looks like you know i don't know where it is but it's definitely a war-torn zone probably somewhere in the middle east it looks like maybe this is a a mosque silhouette here but drone strikes bombs fires some dead people you know normalcy uh and i carrie since you're back i'll just ask you this did i i think i showed this image already right uh so my neighbor is using a chainsaw Oh outside the window <laughs> but it's 
it's really nice actually he's cutting up my uh limbs that fell during the ice storm um but he anyway i you I, why don't i just call back in a little bit all right i'll okay. talk about the syrian airstrikes you call back. okay i'll call back maybe in. even with your laptop i think what was happening is that for some reason two mics were happening i don't know okay. how okay. reboot your laptop see if something okay works there. okay cool i'll be back all right everyone she'll be back in the meantime, let's talk about Syria because Syria is fun. So uh, let's just review for those who have not been paying attention. During the Trump administration, uh, the swamp rats in the Trump administration were constantly concerned trolling us over Trump being erratic and hawkish. And, oh, no, we can't have someone so unstable with a nuclear button. Uh, who knows what he'll do with wars? And he's, uh, he's, a, he's a warmonger, authoritarian, uh, without using the H word, lots of comparisons to 1930s Germany, how horrible he was, unstable, blah, blah, blah. And so, of course, uh, along with that comes some fake moral outrage and and i'm just going to call it concern trolling because that's basically what it is so you get things like this uh jen saki who by the way is now just to remind you who she is she's now the white house uh what communications secretary or director or whatever the person who stands up at press conferences uh she says also what is the least this, this is back in 2017 of course complaining about orange man orange man bad clutch your pearls faint on the couch also, what's the legal authority for strikes? Assad is a brutal dictator, but Syria is a sovereign country. Oh, okay, interesting point. So, hmm, do we even have a legal authority to do this? Hey, Joe Biden himself, back in 2019, uh, talking about Orange Man, Trump's erratic, impulsive actions are the last thing we need as commander-in-chief. No president should order a military strike without fully understanding the consequences. We don't need another war in the, I don't know why this is my Biden voice. We don't need another war in the Middle East, but Trump's actions toward Iran only make that more likely. Oh no. Oh no, he he drops him. By the way, I I don't uh, approve of military action in the Middle East by Trump or anyone else, but just, you know, pointing out where these guys were coming from. I can agree with this. Hey, let's not let's not do some drone strikes or bombings in the Middle East. Okay, great. Thanks thanks Joey. Here's uh soon to be President Harris, uh, back in January of 2020. So a year ago, almost or more than a year ago. Yesterday, my, my colleagues and I introduced the No War Against Iran Act. <laughs> yes, that's so necessary to do. He was just about to go to war. It's a good thing you introduced this act, Harris. Uh, the No War Against Iran Act, which could deny funds for unauthorized military action against Iran. <laughs> but all other un unauthorized military action is fine. Just the unauthorized action against Iran. That's what concerned her. Anyway, she was very concerned about uh, unauthorized military action in the Middle East. Very problematic. Congress must act quickly so Trump doesn't unilaterally take our country into another war. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's going on with Orange Man? He's, a, he's unhinged. Can't let him near the nuke button. Don't, you know, got to be careful. He might kill people in the Middle East with drone strikes. By the way, we ignore the fact that Obama was drone strike king. But, okay. And then, then when Biden was finally elected, we were told by uh, 
you know, anyone who dared say, hey, I'm a little bit concerned that the swamp rats are going to be back and we're going to be doing more stuff in the Middle East again, because Trump wasn't great, but he wasn't doing quite as much as his predecessors in the Middle East. So, hey, I'm a little bit concerned about that. We were told things like this, or not told directly, but at least talked about in a passive aggressive way. Imagine being dumb enough to believe Joe Biden is literally going to bomb the Middle East. All you Trumpers are lunatics. You're just so stupid, you guys. You're such lunatics. You're so dumb. Biden would never do that, you fucking idiots. Oh, oops. Um, yeah, turns out yesterday, uh, he, oops, he's, he ordered airstrikes on Syria. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, there's no outrage now, but this happened. I'm sure it was a mistake. I'm sure he didn't mean to. Let's read. At, at President Joe Biden's uh, direction, U.S. military forces earlier this evening conducted airstrikes against infrastructure utilized by Iranian-backed militant groups in eastern Syria. Well, I'm sure that the reporters will say mean things about him because, I mean, this is unhinged, right? Wait, what's the language that I'm sure they'll use? Uh, it's erratic and impulsive. I'm sure they'll say something about that. They're, I'm sure they're very concerned. Let's see. Um, Biden will act to protect American and coalition personnel. At the same time, we have acted in a deliberate manner that aims to de-escalate the overall situation in both eastern Syria and Iraq. Well, that's not... I don't see a lot of pearl clutching there. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, here's, here's how it happened. Biden was presented with a range of options, and one of the more limited responses was chosen. Oh, so he's... He's a reasonable guy. We said, would you like to a little bit of bombing, a medium amount of bombing, or full-scale nuclear war? And he chose a little bit of bombing. So he's, you know, he's a reasonable guy, this Biden. Nothing like the erratic, unhinged Trump. I am, I'm relieved. I'm relieved. I just, I just want to make sure everyone in chat, are you guys all relieved? Because I thought we were going to war. And uh, now that I know Biden's in charge, and we don't have an unhinged, crazy orange man running things. Uh, I'm not worried about killing people in the Middle East. In fact, maybe we should go back to Obama-era drone strikes. That was, they're fun, right? We love drone strikes. <sighs> I mean, I don't know how I don't just have an alcohol problem. Reading the news, I, I don't know how I just don't drink a lot. The entire cathedral. <laughs> We're going to go back to Brian Williams talking about how beautiful missiles look against the night sky because Biden's in charge. Biden missiles are beautiful. Trump missiles are ugly and orange, but Biden missiles, they're gorgeous. They're just gorgeous. And they're all about equity. They're, I'm sure they're equitable missiles, uh, and they have a lot of caring behind them. <sighs> I'll do a few <laughs> super chats now. I, does anyone I all right before I even do super chats anyone in chat do you guys know anyone anyone who was like angry at Trump about this and is angry at Biden about like is there any kind <sighs> yeah uh Jason reminds us in chat that we invaded Syria on day zero yeah we did I mean we covered that right we he he uh he sent some troops into Syria uh on his first day so, hey, Daniel Keene suggests Biden for the Nobel Peace Prize. I think that's an excellent suggestion, Daniel Keene, and it would fit in with the horrible terrorists uh, who have gotten the Peace Prize in the past, Yasser Arafat being one of them. Also, 
uh, a name that people don't like to be vilified, but I'll vilify it because Keith the Hat Guy wrote an awesome uh, article about this. If you want to go read about the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, go to unsafespace.com or our Medium page. He wrote an article about the Nobel Peace Prize in which he explains why Nelson Mandela, kind of a horrible person, kind of, sorry, sorry, all you, uh, we are the world, we are the children, kids from the 90s or 80s or whenever that was, but, mm, you know, not a great guy, probably shouldn't have, you know, it's a mostly peaceful prize. But yeah, uh, Arafat Obama, Drone Tuesday Obama, he, he got the peace prize, so I say Biden fits right in. All right. Let's do some super chats. So uh, G-Man says, Carrie does the same as me, fantasizing about how much her response affected the mask guy after he left the store. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. I, we probably all do that, especially when we feel like we could have done a better job. Like, oh, I should have said blah, blah, blah to this guy. I don't know. All right. What are Sam's? I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly because you're giving us a lot of money today. So thank you. Uh, if I'm in, mispronouncing it, please let us know. Uh, says, brief follow-up. Whenever the masked zombies harass me for breathing the f free air freely, lately what I say is, I am not a walking carcass, even if you've chosen to behave like one. Seems to cause eyes to twitch. I'll bet it does. We're gonna, You know what? I'm going to go over a COVID article in a little bit. Uh, if I'd like to wait till Carrie comes back, but uh, we'll talk about there's... Uh, an interesting, interesting, I don't know if I'll call it an article. It's a paper. I, without doing the genetic fallacy thing, it's kind of in a weird journal that I wouldn't exactly call reputable, but that doesn't mean the data in the paper and the arguments are incorrect. Um, so it's still a good paper, which we'll go over. Pirate Tomsky says, uh, the bombs, 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 the bombs are covered in BLM logos slash rainbow flags then they are truly equity bombs. Everyone dies just like the policies they are pushing. Yes, I've said this before. I always like this phrase, but I don't think people enjoy it as much as I enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, it's probably like dad jokes. Only dads really like them. Um, yeah, like you can push for equality. Like communism or socialism does actually lead to equality because you're all equal when you're in a mass grave. Like, Bodies are equal. That's when the only time when humans are actually kind of equal. And even then, obviously, you know, body mass and, and composition makes you unequal. But really, you're ultimately as equal as you're going to get when you're a pile of bones in, in the mass grave. And communists can actually make you equal, as they have proven. Uh, and that's how they do it. Marie Buskey, thank you, Marie. You, don't, you know what? Uh, I appreciate this swear. She gives me a swear jar 15 minutes in. Is that a new record? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um, Marie, for those of you who don't know Marie, she runs Skeins Yarns in New Zealand. I was going to try a New Zealand accent, but I can't. She's awesome and sends me chocolate to keep me sane. And uh, so if you want to go check out her yarn, we don't get a cut of her yarn. I do get a cut of her chocolate, though. So uh, I guess I have a conflict of interest. Go buy, go buy Skeins Yarn. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's see. Pirate Tomsky says, from the Babylon Bee, Proud Obama awards his Nobel Peace Prize to Biden for bombing Syria. <laughs> I love the Babylon Bee. <laughs> the Babylon Bee gets it right almost all the time. Excellent. Uh -huh. I, I hadn't seen that. I haven't seen them lately. Um, probably because I'm not. I don't. I'm not really on Twitter very much at all. I used to be a little bit with our account, but as everyone knows, 
as you probably know, we're banned. So uh, we don't have an account anymore. I have my personal account, but I'm not really there much. Okay. Uh, Aaron Goodman says, mask vigilantes are not worried about COVID. If they were, they wouldn't be confrontational. They would stay as far from the maskless as possible. So the question is, what do they really want? That's a good question, Aaron. I think what they really want is to feel good about themselves and to loudly project how virtuous they are. Because deep down inside, they know they're kind of pieces of shit and they're not virtuous. Sorry, Marie. Uh, they're not actually, the people who need to virtue signal the loudest are probably the worst people. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, a good person, like, you know, good people don't run around going, I'm moral and awesome and righteous and virtuous. Like only jerks do that. Like only people with really evil, nasty, filthy, disgusting sewer hearts do that because they feel really bad about themselves. So they've got to really loudly, you know, (laughs) show how shiny and beautiful they are on the outside. Uh, okay, Azor. Azor. Look, you get engaged, suddenly you want to give me advice about dealing with life, Azor. He says, Carter, breathe, Carter, breathe. Then take a shot, screw it. I might take a shot later. Uh, but thank you, <laughs> Azor. Um, not during the show. I'm already unhinged as it is, as as they say, so we don't we don't need me drunk during the show. Stevie LG says Thad Russell was huge in moving me from left to libertarian history of progressives and as the eugenicists and our foreign policy as progress for those we strike. I would love to talk to Thaddeus Russell and I have Steve. I think it's behind me on the shelf. If Carrie were here, she would yell at me for doing this during the show. I thought it was, I don't know, it's in the house somewhere. I have his Renegade History of the United States, which I have not read, which I've really, I'm really meaning to read. Um, I'm sure, like, I don't know too much about him other than I've seen him interview James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose, and he seems to be a postmodernist or defending postmodernism a little bit and trying to foist the problems with social justice more squarely on um, the critical theorists and kind of the Frankfurt School and less postmodernism, I, I think I think it's both. So I don't I don't have a really horse in that game. But uh, it was a great discussion. It was a really it was a really good discussion. And uh, so I, I know him from that, and I know him from the book which I haven't read, but that I know he he's written that's popular. So uh, yeah, good good call. And Thaddeus Russell will will run, run to. All right. <sighs> Carrie's not back. Should we do COVID or not do COVID? Because she's going to want to talk about COVID. We'll skip COVID. We'll do, I, you know, what we'll talk about without Carrie here because I wanted to talk about Texas power and COVID. Both of those are right up Carrie's alley. But we can talk about transphobia. Uh, and actually, I'm going to call this institutionalized transphobia um, because it's coming from a senator and man it is uh well i've been told anyway that it's completely disgusting let's just take a look at what we're told about what happened before we look at what happened because the best way to learn how to be a good npc is to first just look at what you're told to think about things so what we're told is rand paul ripped for completely disgusting transphobic attack on health and human services nominee rachel levine okay so we know it's disgusting uh, and it was transphobic. Good, good. By the way, some other 
quotes, some other quotes here. Uh, <clears throat> Senator Patty Murray, who was the chair of the Health, Education, and Labor Pensions Committee, rebuked him after his, we'll get to what he said, but this, first you need to know what to think about it because the, the deep state and the swamp is going to tell you what you should think about this. Uh, that his, 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 his uh, comments were harmful misrepresentations. Um, Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority Leader, said his comments were despicable comments made by a few Republicans about trans people. He didn't. He doesn't have the balls to say Rand Paul, so he's just going to say a few Republicans. Um, he says their attacks on trans people in the transgender community are just mean. Yeah, but what about their attacks on non-trans people in the transgender community? Because I think those were fine. Anyway, he says mean, mean, and show a complete lack of understanding, complete lack of empathy. They don't represent our views, and they don't represent the views of a majority of Americans. They're despicable comments. Just make my blood boil with anger, if only. Uh, if I didn't have a mask, <laughs> you could see my teeth gritting. Well, but you do, because you're a pussy. All right, so, um, okay, so what did he say? What did what did Rand Paul say? I mean, aren't you, you got to be interested in this horribleness, right? Everyone would be. I'm going to now attempt to uh, to get the sound working and play this video for you. We're going to watch. We're just going to watch what Rand Paul said, his transphobia. Here we go. All right. By the way, let me in chat. Let me know in chat if the sound's not working. I think it is. So genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO, the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, Genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. So, okay. So far, he's making comments about genital mutilation. Uh, nothing incorrect, wrong, upsetting. I mean, the, the topic is upsetting about genital mutilation, but... Nothing phobic, wrong, misrepresented, all true. In fact, he's citing good old swamp rat appro approved globalist sources like WHO. All good. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform. To okay, so this is. This is actually a really interesting point. I did not know this point. Thank you, Senator Rand Paul. I didn't know that most genital mutilation is not done by force, but by social convention and pressure. That's that makes sense. You got a cultural norm. People want to um, fit in. They they um, you know pe there's a strong desire to kind of adapt to cultural norms. Okay, still makes it really bad. By the way, let's see what I'm sure we'll get to the disgusting transphobic part in a moment. But so far, we're just talking about genital mutilation to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological <gasps> development uh -oh. of their secondary uh -oh. sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported... So, all right, so now he's going to draw an analogy. Hey, by the way, what he said is also true. Nothing is false so far. American culture is normalizing giving children hormones to suppress the development of secondary sexual characteristics. True. 
True. Uh, by the way, Fox Bear, I agree with you. We'll get to that later, but okay. Supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. So, all just citing some facts right now. I guess hate facts, but all true. He's just citing some facts. He's just saying, hey, uh, oh wait, Carrie's here. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put you in, Carrie, but I'm gonna leave Rand Paul up on the screen so you can talk. I think. Can you hear me? Is it is it still echoey? It's not echoey. It's kind of uh, weird, but it's not echoey. I think you can hear okay. the chainsaw. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> well, I'm here, and just okay. I'll mute so, myself. Did you watch the beginning of this? I did. I just wanted to say I thought it was funny how, as he started to talk about uh, hormone blockers and puberty blockers for children, they cut away to show um, what's her face, the trans woman that Biden appointed, Rachel Levine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like. It's kind of funny. C-SPAN's like, here's a trans. <laughs> <laughs> I found one. Yeah. Here's one. Like in like a comedy show when they cut away to show you like if the yeah. if the comedian makes a joke about black people and then they cut away to a black person in the audience or if the comedian makes the joke about like, Oh yes, I hate when they do that. Yeah. And they cut away to a woman. I hate that. They're it's like yeah. so he's like, "Uh oh, he says something about trans people. Let's find one in the Here's one. <laughs> Here's one right in the front row. Unfortunately, wearing a mask so we can't tell how angry this okay, go ahead. I'll mute myself. No, that's cool. So, all right. So, so far he said everything he said is uh, a true. Um, and uh, and he said correctly that uh, the surgery involved in sex change operations destroy is, is uh, what I forget the phrase he called, but it destroys genitalia. It is destructive surgery. That's kind of the point. So there is nothing... To anyone who, whose allegiance remains tied to reality, there is nothing incorrect or wrong about what he said. All true. So now he's going to ask a question. Here we go. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Okay. So he asks a very direct question. Hey, do you believe that minors are capable of making this decision? I think that's a pretty straightforward question because we do live in a society in which minors are not capable of making the decision to uh, drink, uh, not capable. I mean, we've decided as a society, minors can't drink. They can't make the decision to um, uh, drive until a certain age. They can't make the decision to vote. They can't vote until 18. They can't uh, join the military without parental commission, uh, uh, permission until, I think, 18. Um, minors can't, um, there, there's restrictions on work, uh, without parental permission. They can't make the decision about where to, uh, to go to work. They can't make the decision to not go to school. Um, there's a lot of things they can't make decisions about. We've decided, uh, mu uh mutilation, uh, not mutilation. <laughs> I was reading it. I was reading a message at the same time. We've decided that children cannot make certain decisions. Okay. 
is this one of those decisions? Is chopping your genitalia off a decision that a 12-year-old can make or 13 or whatever? Is Hey, is that I – mean, you know, I know clear, we can't allow them to go to the gun range, but can they, can they do that? Or to be clear, Carter, that, just to be clear because I know people will bring this up. Mm-hmm. We don't currently allow that as far as I know for minors anyway. So to be clear, we're talking, but I think we will, if we continue on this path, we will start allowing. Well, there's allowing- definitely, there's pushing, there's people are pushing right. to allow this. Absolutely. Right. Yes, that's what he's but worried about. to be clear, what we are currently allowing is, is uh, puberty blockers and for Without minors. Without parental consent in many Without states. Without parental yes. consent. And what this does is it affects the development of genitalia. So it is, uh, it's not the same as saying we're allowing children to chop off their genitalia. No, but we are, we are um, allowing children without parental consent, consent to, um, to affect the development of genitalia such that you do see some trans women. So I'm talking about biological men who decide to become women who have regretted taking hormone blockers when they were kids because when they've gotten old enough, I'm thinking of this one trans woman. He talks about it. He mentions one actually. Rand Paul talks about one. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me, I'll just finish the thought. So he, there's one in particular I'm thinking of somebody in the chat probably knows the name. Um, But when she was old enough to undergo um, reconstructive surgery and to try and, you know, have, uh, female genitalia constructed, there wasn't enough material to work with because mm. she, who's a biological male, so or he, if you prefer, had been on these hormone blockers. So there wasn't enough material to even work with to do the surgery. So, oh, so she still wanted a, a change, but couldn't get one because of the early right. puberty because blockers. That, right. Yeah, because of the hormone blockers. Right. So, yeah. So a lot of a lot of issues. And just to be clear, f- from my perspective, uh, you don't need to use a knife in order to make this, in order for something to be destructive. Like, surgery is very visceral. So we can we can look at this and say, well, obviously, we can't allow them to have surgery, but, but blockers are a different thing. Well, no, blockers are not. A, I mean, yes, a knife is different than a pill, but uh, it can be just as destructive in many ways, um, especially when it uh, prevents natural development. Okay, so he asks a very direct question. She does her thing. I don't even know if we need to listen to her thing because it's a non-answer. But she, here's, here's I want to listen says. to it. Okay. Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah, medicine. The specific. Okay, so <laughs> can we all take a vote? Was that an answer? No. I'm not going to answer your question, but I'll, I'm happy to hang out and have some pizza in your office if you nominate. I mean, you know, if you approve me, we can chat about it all day. I'm just not going to answer your question. Okay. So Rand Paul, uh, not a moron, notices. 
specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Okay, so he's clarified. I'm sure she'll answer now. You ready? Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed Wait. to the position of Assistant Secretary right of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and oh, talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. Wait, did I just replay the same thing, Carrie? <laughs> Wait, you're muted, Carrie. I just want to say, this is a, uh, does anybody remember, this reminds me of a uh, uh, Mid-South Carolina <laughs> Teen USA. Remember, they're like, recent polls have shown that a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think that is? And she was like, I pulled up her answer because, remember this? This is classic. She no. says, I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because some people out oh, there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere, like such as, and I believe they should, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S., uh, should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so that I'll be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, sweetheart. Uh, you that, that was excellent. <laughs> yeah, I do remember like, that. That's right. He keeps he's asking her a very specific yes or no question. It's like, I personally believe. <laughs> she also, it, this is weird though, because she almost word for word repeated. She did. What she said. Like, she did. She really, like she really a liked that. USA yeah. pageant, she had something memorized and it didn't. Yeah, well, although the example you cited sounded like maybe she didn't have anything memorized for that one. I personally believe. <laughs> I do remember that. That was so good. Uh, all right. So, okay. So, um, yeah. So here's uh, here's Rand Paul's response. I don't. I still think that maybe saying I'm I'm happy to stop by your office and chat 
was not the answer he was looking for. Let's see. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER, but you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off-label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off-label. There's no long-term studies. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people have been through this who who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them and you know if you've ever been around children 14 year olds can't make this decision in the gender dysphoria clinic in england 10 percent of the kids are between the age of three and ten wow we should be outraged that someone's wow. talking to a three-year-old about changing their sex yeah isn't that crazy i can't Go vote ahead. for you if you so so okay. he says he makes it clear that she didn't answer the question. I just want to play one last little thing. The person you're going to hear, the woman you're going to hear is the Democratic Senator Patty Murray, who I mentioned earlier, who's chairing this. She's the chair of the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. Just listen to what she does after this exchange, and then we'll end it. If you can thank make you so much, Senator Paul. Senator Levine, thank you for uh, answering the question. I so, First of all, she there's a flub. She says Senator. She calls her Senator Levine, which is a, okay. If that's a flub, the honorific. But she says, "Thank you so much for answering the question." I'm pretty sure. I mean, look, I don't. Didn't I don't. We don't need to ascribe intent, but it seems like she's trying to set the narrative that the question was answered, even though twice it was evaded in exactly the same way. And you just said you wanted it in record that she didn't answer the question. I'm going to respond with, thank you for answering the question. Let's move on. Okay. A couple of things here. <laughs> um, there's nothing that Rand Paul is saying, and thank you for playing this because I had not actually watched it yet. There's Good. nothing that he's saying that should be controversial and right. certainly not labeled transphobic. There's nothing he said that's transphobic. Um, what he's asking about should be common sense. And if we were not a culture that has been degraded and rotted from the inside with postmodernism and social justice Marxism, then we would have no problem asking and answering this question. Should we allow children, children to make medical decisions that will affect the rest of their lives? And we don't allow them to make other decisions like this, like to smoke, you know, when we don't allow them to make the decision to drink or to drive. Um, and there's nothing wrong about asking that question. What's wrong is that it's a sign of how far our culture has declined and how much in the shitter we are <laughs> that, that yeah. that's even that, that, that anyone would dare attack him for asking what any responsible, healthy society should be asking. Well, and, this is what their strategy is. Like, they, they don't want to have the discussion because they'll lose right. if they have the discussion. They will, but 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 I just want to underline that is this is what a responsible, healthy society and responsible, healthy adults should be asking, 
And, and it shows you how far in the crapper we are that that's, that, that, that to ask that question is now being somehow painted as if that's a, that's a bad thing to ask that question. It is not. And you, you cannot paint yourself as the side that cares about people or cares about harm or cares about kids or cares about people's well-being because you don't, because you demonstrably do not, because you don't care enough to protect children from harming themselves, from physically and permanently harming themselves. And he gives examples, but you shouldn't have to. We know these examples are out there and there's more of them every day. One, one statistic he gave that I was not familiar with, which should blow you away and blows me away. He said 10% of the kids at these gender clinics in the UK, 10% of the kids are between the ages of three and 10. Three and 10. What the F have we done to kids? You know, th this is why it's a problem that it's in schools. And if it's in your kid's school, you should be pushing back in whatever way you can. Don't be afraid of being that parent who gets called whatever, because what matters more? Does it matter what people think of you in an effed up society? What sick people think of you in a sick society? Or does it matter that you stand up for truth and stand up for children? Children should not be being brainwashed into thinking that they need to figure out what gender they are. And that's what we're doing to kids. Historically, it's been less, less than 1% of kids Less than 1% of kids have ever grappled with gender dysphoria, have ever had to, have ever thought they were born in the wrong body. It's such a tiny percentage. It's not even 1%. And now we've, we've like, like the sick place we've become, we've normalized this condition that if you talk to adult trans people, they say, I would not wish this on kids. I would not wish this. We've done interviews with trans people that I would not wish this on anyone. And, and we've taken it. And all these these parents who put their kids like like uh, they're no better than pageant parents. They're worse than pageant parents. They they look at their kids like little trophies. And all these parents have like pushed this on their kids, and they pushed it in the schools. And they're telling ninety nine point nine percent of kids who never would have grappled with this question, "Hey, this is something you need to figure out. Are you actually born in the correct body or not? Or should you be making changes to your body as a three year old? Tell me. We've done this to kids. That's sick." That's sick that you do this to kids, to, to people whose brains are still developing, who, who do depend on us, who rely on adults, that you've put this question in their head that was never going to be there. And now you've told them this is a normal part of human development is you have to figure out what gender you are. No, you don't. No, you don't. The pe and the people who did struggle with that as children have said they wouldn't wish it on other people. And now we're saying you need to grapple with this. So if you care about children, if this is in your schools, if they're putting stuff in your kids' literature, if they're put, if they are normalizing trans as if that's something everybody has to grapple with when it's less than 1% of people, if they're normalizing it, they are coming after your children. They're coming after all kids. They're trying to, they're introducing mental health problems where they did not exist before. So, that's my thing. It makes me sick. Yeah. It, it makes me sick because, and, and don't get it twisted. I'm not saying th th this is the kind of thing, of course, they're going to take, oh, Carrie says being trans is sick. And this is, no, I'm saying our society is sick when they're saying that every child needs to grapple with this thing that they never would have organically grappled with before. That we've introduced this question to them. We've let this happen. We've let society deteriorate to this part. And they want to talk about harm. They're not protecting anyone from, from harm. 
And they're certainly not, they're, they're not protecting the 99.9% .9 or whatever it is of kids that never would have ever had this question. They're also not protecting the 0.1% of kids who would have struggled with this. They're not protecting them because now they're saying this issue that they're struggling with that everybody had, like they're trivializing it, 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 you know, to a degree. And, and those kids who are actually grappling with it, it's like, What's that got to feel like when this is something serious that you're struggling with? And then these trans trenders everywhere are like, I'm trans too. <laughs> like, it's sort of like this. Uh, it's just, it's got, it's not good for anyone. It's not good for anyone. Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, look, I think, I think we said this the other day, but uh, when you introduce a child to a concept that, that is, uh, or to a subject that's not already in their peripheral knowledge base that they're not already aware of like this it's predatory like you don't you don't introduce you don't like you don't sit your three-year-old down and talk about anal sex because the three-year-old is not that is not in their like universe of ideas they're not even it's it's nowhere it's, it's completely outside of the universe of of what is relevant to them you you talk to your kids about stuff as that stuff becomes relevant to them, as they enter ages where, okay, well, now we need to talk about drugs, or now we need to talk about drinking, or now we need to talk about sex. Like, that stuff happens when the kid is ready. When you in, when you introduce things early on, it's, I view it as kind of this predatory, uh, fetishistic kind of thing. We're like, let's, I know, let's take this innocent kid and start talking about butt sex. Let's see what happens. That's disgusting. You're like, you deserve to be in jail for that. That's, that's gross. You don't do that to kids. You don't, and, you let them develop. And a lot of it's, the materials that you using, it is rapacious. It is, it is disgusting and, and it is predatory. They, they're also, they're not introducing this, this concept, which was, which is foreign to childhood anyway, which is abnormal most kids never right. grapple with they're they're not just introducing it in isolation they're introducing it with characters like uh the gingerbread man and oh, the they're definitely making it a preferable thing to be no, but, to be. but you're missing my point they're introducing it with things like the gingerbread man or the gender unicorn where it's one of many concepts they're introducing to kids so they're telling children not only oh, yeah. do you need to pick your gender and your sex and your sexuality they're introducing it hand in hand with the concept of sexuality to three-year-olds what yep. who do you like having sex with what but not your you're race three you, you're you three you're three yeah no I, I, absolutely yeah i no, i i agree with you i agree with you um yeah it's sick and uh and you know the thing that bothers me about this I, there, there's a nuance that I want to throw out that that bothers me the most. I think that that to me indicates that how sick society is. Uh, the thing that's worse to me, frankly, than that some people think this is okay, is the fact that you can't have the conversation. Right? It's not that like I agree. I do agree with Rand Paul, by the way, who is a doctor. By the way, uh, <laughs> I do agree with Rand Paul. I do disagree that, 
young kids should be subject to this kind of stuff. I think it should be taken seriously. I'm not anti-trans, but I am anti-foisting permanent changes on children, right? Uh, or even encouraging <laughs> permanent changes. Like, like, that's dangerous. So the the problem for me is not that there are people out there who think that's a good idea. I think it's patently, obviously bad. We could have that discussion. The big problem for me is that having the discussion is verboten. That's the scary part because that is an indication that this is a religion. This isn't some bad judgment and people are arguing, well, I think kids should do this and I think kids should do that. Well, let's have a healthy debate and argue about it and blah, 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 blah. And like, okay, that's bad. That's bad. There's people on the, uh, the wrong side of that debate. But we're in a culture now in which you may not have the debate. He asks reasonable questions. It doesn't matter what the answer to those questions are. Even if the answer to his questions is you're wrong and Rachel's right, which I don't think that's the answer, but even if that's the answer, those questions should be allowed to be asked. Those are legitimate questions coming from someone with legitimate concern and legitimate concern and legitimate questions should be addressed legitimately and they're not. And the thing that should scare people is <laughs> if they're not letting you address those questions, there's a reason for it. There's a reason for that. You don't, you don't really need to know much more about the, a debate beyond which side won't let you ask questions. That's kind of the end of the debate. You really don't need to do any more research than that. Who won't let you ask the questions? They're wrong. So That's basically how it goes. These are not um, super chats. These are just chats, but I wanted to read them. Another Gen 42 says, my sister is so grateful she grew up in the 60s and 70s. She was a major tomboy and played the, with boys, toys, sports, short hair. Today, married 40 years, 12 grandkids, very happy with their life. Yes, you're not the only person I've heard of. I know lots of tomboys, lots of women who... Uh, who don't fit the the stereotypical feminine mold um, because because humans exist, you know, it, there's no one way to be a woman. And, and the crazy thing is that feminists spend a long time fighting against gender norms and to say, you know, women should be able to wear lipstick or not wear lipstick, should be able to shave their armpits or not shave their armpits, you know, they'd be mad. They can play baseball. They can play with, and, and that's okay. And they've spent a long time pushing back against gender norms to then, to then have this branch of social justice ideology come and say, uh, no, if you, if you, uh, if you're a kid and you're a woman and you're female and you like playing with boys toys and you are a bit of a tomboy, or let's say you're a teenager um, or young adult and you, and you're, uh, not just a masculine woman, but also, but you're attracted to women. Well, then you must be a man. You can't just be a butch lesbian. You must be a man. Right. And, and that's the other thing is that it's erasing lesbians. I had someone say to me the other day, it's like, what happened? What's happening to all the butch lesbians? And, and a lot of these women who are detransitioning and, and there's countless videos now on YouTube, you can find these with women who in their late teens, early twenties, um, recently fell into this ideology and were like, I guess I'm a man started taking hormone treatment, you know, in some cases got double mastectomy 
and now are detransitioning saying, I think I was just a very masculine lesbian. Like, yeah. Like, I think I was yeah. like a non-feminine woman. Okay. But, uh, oh, so something's wrong with you. You're defective. You're a defective man. We need to turn you into a man. That's what, that's what they're being told by this, this orthodoxy. And um, I, I, anyway, I just wanted to highlight that because you're not the only woman I've heard of who's like, thank God I didn't grow up now. Because all yeah. of these things that I was, I was, you know, didn't fit the norm in terms of femininity, you know, and I'm so glad I grew up when I did instead of now because I could have been one of these kids. And and imagine having these parents who like to show you off, like I've got a trans kid who push you into it. We've seen this online. We've seen there was oh my gosh, remember that time we covered that uh, that parent who was in a group for trans for parents of trans kids and was complaining. And she was like, um, our, our daughter, um, they, they had a dot, a dot biological female child who was three or four and was saying that, um, she's trans, but she doesn't want to cut her hair. I keep trying to get her to cut her hair, but she doesn't want to. And she also doesn't want to pick a male name, but I'm trying to get her to pick a male name. And it's like, wait a minute. It sounds like your daughter's like not trans at a all. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you <laughs> leave her alone yeah. like well I, look i know this is anecdotal but i have a friend a good friend who uh he's got a daughter and his daughter's a teenager and she just at the outset let me just i've met her she's awesome she's like totally cool she's the kind of daughter that i'm like man someday i hope my daughter grows up to be like, like she's super cool does a lot of cool things, but some of those things are a little bit tomboy-y and, you know, just culture, like woodworking and like stuff that's, you know, traditionally more masculine. She has short hair. Um, I don't know what her sexuality is, but she may grow up to be lesbian based on some, you know, who knows. She was convinced because of the culture that we live in, and of course we're in the Bay Area, she was convinced that she must be a guy. And they came very close to actually going on hormone blockers and everything. Now, my friend was not for this, but he also didn't want to like react in a way that would cause rebellion. So he was very careful with how, you know, he dealt with this. But uh, you know, I remember having a conversation with him and he was like, Well, I think she's probably just gonna turn out to be a lesbian. Like <laughs> I I'm scared that like she's just a girl who's gonna be grow up to be a lesbian like she's not like she does i don't think she has gender problems i think she just you know is probably just a lesbian um and uh she came very close to having that happen and fortunately she changed her mind but when they went to therapy you know i thought we, you kind of think oh they're gonna go to therapy and the therapist is gonna ask decent questions like I don't know. I don't know what the decent questions would be. But how long have you felt like this? Are there other issues that they would they try and un uh, uncover other psychological issues right in their past that might you know cause problems? The therapist was basically like, "Great, let's go on some hormones. You're a guy." Like they, they were there was like zero responsibility there, and really kind of pushed it. And they you know for like I said, fortunately she changed her mind they didn't end up going down that path and i as far as i know she's happy now and a couple years older or whatever and i don't think <laughs> i don't think she thinks she's a guy anymore but um yeah 
so many kids get they get into this situation they're they're out of the norm for whatever reason uh, or they don't meet stereotypes for whatever reason and they're immediately pushed into this and the the so-called the supposed gatekeepers who are supposed to be there making sure that the kids are making healthy decisions are pushing them they're like pushers irresponsible things yes they're like drug pushers it's they, disgusting they um a lot of kids also speaking of kids that don't fit in in some way or another there's a lot of kids on the autism spectrum who are being pulled in by these gender gender bender pushers who are telling them well you're a different gender that's why you're so socially awkward like there's a lot of autistic kids who who are now deciding that they're trans and that's that's another egregious of kind of pushing yeah. i think okay i'm going to check and see if if uh, i'll be right back card i'm going to see if i can open my window now all right i'm going to do some super chats by the way wait before you go uh i'll fight you naked says your dog looks like a bleach blonde ewok so oh this is uh this is a dog that i i dog sit regularly this is not my dog although he's here quite a bit and uh you may remember this dog over the past couple years as the diaper dog yeah oh, um, I, oh I know that dog I hate that dog <laughs> vicariously through you He's that so dog cute but he does that like dog to needs to be euthanized Carter don't say Is something that like that no He's adorable and don't ever know. <laughs> but he he does like to mark, and so I have to put him in when he's in the house. Otherwise, he'll mark his territory. Wait, can you be angry again? I want to see that. Don't ever say something like that about a dog. There we go. I That's I Thank there you. There we go. All right, that was fun. All right. Um, <laughs> I still think he should be euthanized. Uh, all right. Thomas St. Thomas says people who think sex is assigned at birth. Having trouble explaining to me how my kid's sex was revealed, not assigned, in utero. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? You can't if you if you assume that sex is assigned at birth. Uh, there are a couple more super chats that I can't put on the screen, so uh, but I can read them. So one is G Man. G Man says. I suffered genital mutilation, genital mutilation as a baby. My parents had no right to have me circumcised. Every ounce counts. And he gives a winky face. Circumcision, I know, is uh, the kind of topic that tends to be more controversial, but I'm going to jump in with G-Man here and say circumcision is genital mutilation. It's disgusting. You shouldn't do it. Um, I have had falling out with people over recommending that they don't circumcise their male children. It's a barbaric practice that is based in religion. It doesn't have uh, actual medical support. And... Uh, yeah, I don't think it should be done. Uh, I can't. Can you imagine any other body part? People saying, "Hey, uh, I know this body part evolved for some reason, but it turns out if we just cut it off when you're six months old, things will work out for you." Uh, cortisol levels are elevated in circumcised babies for six months afterwards. Uh, they generally actually don't even use anesthesia. Uh, it, you do actually have uh, imprinted trauma. It's not, and by the way, there is, believe it or not, foreskin involved for a reason. So I'm with you, G-Man. Everyone else can hate on me. Uh, Captain Vlog says, man, consent is a funny word with the left. Yeah, right? <laughs> consent is the word they use when it's convenient for them. But when it's inconvenient, we they pretend don't. that consent doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Chainsaw's still going on. So oh. just so you know, just an update. Uh, there was All one right. other chat. I've it's got a couple a, more. 
There's not a super chat, but there's one other that I wanted to read somewhere. Mm -hmm. And forgive me, I forget who asked this, but they said um, something about how, oh, uh, that, that we spend, you spend a lot of time. I can't remember, but it basically said something like you guys spend a lot of time saying why this is wrong. Uh, We all know why it's wrong. Uh, we all know that it's wrong and why it's wrong. Can you tell us why it's happening? Well, here's the thing. We don't all know that it's wrong. And, and if you think we do, you're deluded. You're living in a different, you're living in the nineties or the eighties or the seventies. Like you're in a different time zone. We here, there are people who watch our show even who disagree with us. I know this. There are people who hate watch our show. There are people who watch us and disagree with most of what we say and agree with some things. And, and, we and beyond that, the people who who don't watch our show who hate, like society at large, this is playing out on your C-SPAN right now. They are calling Senator Rand Paul a transphobe for asking these questions. So clearly, as a society, we have lost sight of the fact that this is wrong. And if you think that we don't need to make the case for why this is wrong, catch up to where we are. Get on board with this page. Quit living in the past in nostalgia for some decade that's gone. Here's where we're at now. We're in the crapper. You're going to have to make the case for why this is wrong. And, <laughs> and we, are say, you now? Oh, are you no, now the pessimist? This, no, but then this same per- person says, and the, the amount of time we spend on this. Yeah, you know why? Because it's being debated right now. Because we didn't spend time on it when we needed to. And now we're living in a society where they're teaching this to kindergartners, kindergartners. And you want to pretend like we are all the same. We all know it's wrong. No, we don't. Clearly, the public schools don't know it's wrong. Get out there. Quit being a coward and make the case for why it's wrong to let children mutilate themselves. I'm not. You know what? (laughs) Public schools might know it's wrong and not care. That's an option. That could be. I know I'm I'm a little passionate about this, but it's like, no, that comment just really bothers me because you're not living in reality. Your head is in the sand. Well, they might have meant everyone here in chat knows it's wrong. And that's mostly true. But still, even then, there are people watching this show who we live in a world that does not know it's wrong. So I am encouraging all of you, if you do know it's wrong and you know why it's wrong, go out and say it and make that case. It does need that argument needs to be made. You need to say it. You need to be the parent who's not afraid to push back when it's in the school. You have to make that case. You can't pretend like we all agree and we're just quiet because we're scared of getting canceled. You have to say it out loud. I'm sorry if I yelled at you, commenter. I I can't remember your name. I'm sorry. (laughs) But well, but the commenter, there is another question, which I think is a valid question in that comment, which is there is. Why is it happening? That's yeah. a legitimate question to ask. Why is it happening? And I don't think Why the is answer happening? is, I don't think the answer is straightforward. No. Um, it's not like aliens came down and inhabited the skin of a bunch of people and decided to mutilate children. Like it's not, there's not some easy answer uh, to why it happened. I think, I think the reason it's happening is tied in with the the general nihilistic, cultural decay and frankly the wokeism like the the postmodern kind of i don't like saying it's all postmodern but whatever yeah the wokeism that that religion we'll call it that ideology um part of what that idea one of the ways to understand that ideology because there's a lot of disparate 
uh, there's a lot of disparate beliefs in that ideology. And sometimes people get confused because they'll, they'll say like, well, what do they want? Like, like, is race a social construct or not? Like, if it's a social construct, can't we just declare our own race just like we can declare our own gender or not and like and if gender is just something that you declare or you get assigned then why do we have then why do we care if men and women are treated differently because like why, why do we have this like view people as different classes of people that that need special treatment or whatever like this, none of it makes sense and the and the way to help help i mean you can dive into the nuances of how they justify all these beliefs but the way to kind of understand from a holistic point of how it makes sense, and I think I said this early on, and I don't think people, I don't remember how you reacted to this, but like this is firmly my belief. The way to really understand it is to see see it as an anti-ideology. It's not an ideology that's for anything in particular. It is an ideology that is against enlightenment values and individualism. It is against the enlightenment it's a value that it's like so so their targets are anything anything that represents and I, i'm going to say traditional i mean historic kind of individualist enlightenment society anything that represents that marriage heterosexuality quote whiteness which isn't even a thing um like anything you know reason math all that anything the the recognition that there are in fact two sexes uh like all that stuff anything all of it needs to be attacked because their ultimate goal is not a positive one they're not trying to build a utopia they are trying to destroy the current system which is why i throw in nihilism as kind of the, an underlying uh philosophy here because i think ultimately this ideology is really just a suicidal ideology it's about destruction it's ultimately about destruction and that i know that has a lot of psychological implications for people that believe it but those seem to be borne out with anecdotal data it is a it's a society it's a it's a belief system full of bitter angry self-destructive people who want to destroy you along with them and everything else so i agree with most of what you said the the thing is that it does pull people into it who subscribe to it and who help push it, who do believe in utopia. And it pulls sure, well-intentioned sure. people into it. But as an ideology, if you think of an ideology like a living thing, this belief system is a living thing and it, it, cons it possesses and consumes people. Like idea, you know, people die, but their ideas live on. And their ideas change and evolve and pick up other ideas and they become think of this as like some big mutated kind of of being <laughs> this this ideology and it's got elements of marxism and elements of postmodernism and it's got a bunch of nihilism in there like you're saying it's it's it is destructive i think you're right that it is opposed to ultimately you can define it as a belief system that is opposed to enlightenment values it is darkness. It is against yeah. creativity and creation. It is against liberty and individualism and equality. It is, it is for, it is for collectivism and censorship and violence and racism and sexism. It is a destructive belief system. And, yeah. and the phrase but, that comes to mind, by the way, when you're saying that 
Yeah. Rand used to say this, and it's almost unfathomable that this is a psychology, but I think it is spot on for describing this ideology. It's hatred of the good for being the good. That's yes. what it is. Yes. And if you're, you don't have to be religious to oppose this ideology, but if you are, it's very easy to see, to make some analogies there to, you yeah. know, spiritual analogies as well. And, and, um, People, well-intentioned people who get pulled into it and think it's good, who believe the lies, it's all about lies. People who believe the lies and get pulled into it, it changes them. I've seen it change them. It changed me. Right. It changes people. It sucks the life out of them. It makes them, it, 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 it builds up the negative things in them and it tears down the good. It makes them resentful over time. The longer they stay in it, it's toxic for them. They start to view the world through this lens of oppression, you know, and oppressors and everything is through this lens of who's the, who's the oppressor in the scenario and who's the oppressed. And you put on these victim glasses all the time and, and it, it's just, it's not good for people. And so it changes them when they're in it. But yes, why is it popular? Well, it sells itself very cleverly as being about protecting people from harm and not just people protecting marginalized people from harm, protecting the little guy against the majority, right? Protecting the small minority of people against the majority. It sells itself that way. And, and that's a very effective way to, uh, for a snake oil salesman, for a snake oil sales, uh, salesman of an ideology to sell itself because it preys upon people's desire to do good or at least to be seen as doing good people are very concerned with what others think of them that's why even though very well-intentioned person who asked this question who caused me to go off again i apologize <laughs> um that's why when you say we all know this is bad maybe you mean the silent majority knows that this is bad but isn't saying anything well if that's what you mean why aren't they why is everyone so scared why is everyone so scared? It's because of what people will say. Well, what will others think of me? I'll people think I'm transphobic. If I speak against this, they'll call me transphobic. They'll say, I don't care about protecting the minority. They'll say this, they'll say that none of it's true. So who cares what they say? Yep. And, and I know there's legitimate reasons. I don't mean, I'm not contradicting what I've said in previous episodes about like, I get the fear, especially if you've got a kid in school, maybe speaking up will cause teachers to be more harsh towards your kid. Or maybe, you know, there, there are certain fears that you have that I completely understand. I get the fear. I had the fear. I was gripped by the fear for about six months before I started speaking. You can have it for a long time before you get over it. But once you do, I think you'll realize that at some point, maybe it did for me, the fear of what's going to happen to you, to society, but not to your kid, even the fear of what's going to happen if you don't start to stand up for truth becomes bigger than your fear of what will happen if I do. Yeah. For the kid thing, I would say, especially the example that you cited, which I know was just random. It could, could be yeah. other examples, but uh, let them teach your children about who they are. <laughs> if you say reasonable things, and that causes your child's teacher to mistreat your child. That's bad. No one likes to have their children mistreated. But think of the lesson that your 
the, your child gets to see them for who they are early. How do you think that they're going to view these people that adopt that ideology in the future? Oh, those are the mean, spiteful people like that teacher I had who found out my dad voted for Trump and then hated me and gave me Fs. Like, all right, that's a better lesson than all the crappy history that they're trying to teach you or whatever yeah. subject that is. Um, so let them like I'm not saying intentionally that harm come to your child, obviously, if there's like physical harm, but like there are bad things there are uncomfortable things there are unfairnesses that will happen in life to your children as they grow up if you do something noble and it causes the other side if it causes bad people to do unfair things to your children as long as those you know as long as they're not like devastatingly you know <laughs> actually harmful right then let it happen let your child see them for who they are because otherwise your child's gonna go on maybe admiring the teacher who speaks social justice nonsense, right? And and looking at you going, well, I guess they must be partly right because dad or mom is afraid of saying anything. So like they must, they're at least powerful. They'll definitely notice who's powerful. The more powerful one is the one who's a, is not afraid. So they're definitely gonna come out of that uh, scenario feeling like, well, the teacher had power because parents were afraid. But if your parents speak up, they'll see at least, at the very least, they'll see a power conflict. And they're like, okay, well, my parents aren't afraid. They said the truth. My teacher actually treated me differently and seems to be very afraid of whatever my parents are saying because they're not actually arguing and they're instead resorting to kind of sleights of hand and mean things to undermine me. Like, okay, that's a lesson. That's a valuable life lesson. Let it happen. Let that lesson happen. Stop trying to protect your kids from everything. I do want to also, one thing, I want to bring this up because I love this example. If you haven't read, in if people in chat, if you haven't read uh, Richard Dawkins' Selfish Gene, I th this is the first time I was introduced to the word meme. This is prior to uh, Shiba Inu or any of your favorite pictures on the internet. Uh, Richard Daw I think he coined the phrase, but I'm not sure. Um, but it was a phrase that he used to describe kind of what you're talking about, Carrie. And this book is, I don't know, decades old. Um, this idea of uh, an idea being like a biological organism and having a life of its own and, and being subject to evolutionary pressures that, you know, how people react to it, what it makes them do, how it helps them behave, how it, you know, how people respond and that idea evolving, that meme evolving over time into something that either propagates or dies. And so you end up, I think he would use, for example, he would describe Christianity as a meme because he's an atheist, right? He would describe Christianity as a meme that was very successful. Like things were rejected, things were, you know, parts were added, but eventually this, like the idea was turned out to be very evolutionarily successful. Um, and so survived uh, for a while, whereas maybe, uh, you know, the worship of Thor <laughs> didn't adapt as well and died out. Uh, and social justice, like this ideology is also, it's an, it's an idea that won't last, it will die out because it's so obviously inherently contradictory and contradictory with reality that it it's like the lifespan isn't long. It can do a lot of damage as it's flaming out, but it will die, this, this meme, can't last of social justice. But uh, 
that's the way that I like to think about this stuff. And if you're interested in that at all as an analogy, it's a it's a great book. Um, it's a great book to read. Yes. Talks about that. I um, I think we should hit some super chats before they pop. Yeah, I've got a whole bunch my here. Screen. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, There's a lot Neva of Davis. Here. This is an old one. Neva, Neva Davis says a friend's 15 year old got a double mastectomy. They justify as suicide prevention. Hormone blockers affect brain and bone development. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the narrative. They're they're big into scaring you about like, well, your kid's going to commit suicide if you don't chop off their genitalia. Obviously, uh, they can't know that, but they do like to have models and call models science. They do this yeah. for uh, they do this for um, global warming. Uh, they do it for COVID. They've done it for COVID. They do it for this. They build models based on assumptions that they like. The models project that things will happen. Bad things will happen if you don't take the actions they want. They label those models science because there's a spreadsheet involved and someone with a PhD. And voila, trust the science. That's how that works. Uh, Azor says, this is a giant societal science experiment. Yeah, yes. and, and a a completely immoral science experiment. It is. Um, it's like it's like uh, we are using, as somebody else said in the chat earlier, I, I didn't see who, but I saw it scrolling by people. We're using children as guinea pigs. These kids, we don't know the effects of, just like we don't know the effects and we're not supposed to talk about the psychological impact of wearing masks for going on a year plus soon um, on children. What does this do to children? We don't know. What's it going to do to kids? What does it do to kids to psychologically push this idea on them? An entire generation of kids that you need to grapple with this question of what gender you and what sex you are, that that's something every human does, that that's normal. It's not normal. It's not natural. And, 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 and what does it do to kids? Well, physically we are using kids as literal Guinea pigs because we're, we're, giving them puberty blockers we're affecting their hormones and we're do and and why because we're afraid of being called names that's why <laughs> that's why i mean i love that Rand paul brought that up too he brought up the hydrochloroquine <laughs> it's a great example right hydrochloroquine been around forever well tested we know the effects someone says hey it might help with COVID. how dare you use this uh, this drug in a way that it wasn't prescribed, and oh my God, we can't, we can't possibly do that. This is fake news, horrible anti-science. Blah blah blah. You're killing people. Bah! Hormone therapy, not intended for this at all. Yeah, whatever. It's just a 13-year-old. Use it. Who cares? Oh, might it screw them up for their entire life? Make them sterile? Uh, you know, have a whole bunch of other. Con uh, consequences, bone density, and other stuff people mentioned. Oh yeah, it might do all that stuff. But um, if we don't do it, as Carrie said, they'll call you nasty names on Twitter. So, you know, might as well do it. Uh, John Martin gives us five bucks and says, you know, your small human is woke when you ask what gender they are and they ask, which is less white? <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. It's sad, but it's all funny because it's true. I hope that's not real. Uh, it is like, uh, which gender is less white? Pirate Tomsky says, what kind of effed up society are we living in where people say, wait, maybe your daughter is a girl? <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
Cartoon Network, Grant says Cartoon Network put out a video named Sea Color calling on children to be anti-racist. Check it out and keep in mind the video was made for kids. I'm going to be angry if I look at this. I like will probably be very angry watching that. I haven't seen it yet. Did you get Judge Lott's comment? It says Carter. I oh, we're there. We're getting there. Oh. We're getting there. We've Can got like 20 comments before okay. Judge Lott's comment. Um, all super chats. We got a lot of super chats. We're behind, including Pyrotomsky giving you five pounds for your rant, Carrie. Uh, people love your rant. You, you sit back and enjoy some super chats that are love of your rant. Pirate Tomsky loves your rant. Judge Lot says excellent rant, Carrie. Uh, well, <laughs> Matt Deckard, go ahead. I do hope the person I yelled at is still around, and it's nothing personal. I just got passionate. <laughs> I'm sure they love you for your passion. It's good. Matt Deckard says all this is well and good, but how does this help us rid the world of moose and squirrel? That's a good question. It doesn't. So. Let's go back to that. Um, Zipidus, Zip, wait, Zipidus. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. Zipidus X says, we are supporting public Munchausen by proxy by allowing this practice. Also, I think 92% of all children with gender dysphoria grow out of it by 25. I, I don't know that stat, but that sounds about right based on what I have heard in for a stat. And yeah, it is Munchausen by proxy, right? It's, uh, I, I wonder actually if anyone has done the study, if like parents with Munchausen's are more likely to do this. Um, Opposition Transmissions says, just joined the show, so don't know if this was covered. Your opinions on Superman being recast as Michael B. Jordan. I did not know that was a thing. Do you know that, Scary? No. Um, Thomas St. Thomas says, questioning grand narratives must end up questioning gender. Every narrative cross-culturally is largely shaped by the duality of male and female. Yeah, gender roles and gender generally are pretty fundamental to how a culture uh, is constructed and built and how it's run. So a good way to destroy it is to start is to just go right for the heart. Um, Penumbra Syndicate says, just took a week of CIT, mental illness courses for Texas law enforcement. There will be a push for new mental culpable, culpable states in law in the future oh like uh i i don't know what you're saying but is it are you saying like um oh this person was triggered so therefore by brand paul triggered them and therefore their rage is not their fault and so they don't have to go to jail maybe that's what you mean i don't know all right carrie you want to do judge lots i'm up to judge lots now no, I can't. I've I've lost it on mine. But oh. you, uh, take me off screen for a second anyway. I've got to go check on okay. the chainsaw neighbor. Okay. Bye. All right. Go check on the chainsaw neighbor. Uh, Judge Lott says, Carter, I grew up Southern Baptist. When preachers talked about extreme societal moral decay, I used to roll my eyes. Now I wonder if they were prescient. Well, I mean, as I think most people that watch the show know I'm an atheist, but I do think they were prescient in some way in that the thing about... Um, the thing about a lot of religious leaders is at least they're paying attention to kind of cultural and moral trends, typically. And obviously, they're applying their specific religion uh, and their religious views uh, to to that analysis. I mean, that's how they're analyzing it. But it does mean that they're paying attention in a way that I think a lot of people just aren't. So, you know. It's not surprising that they're a little prescient. I, I would say, yeah. 
Uh, 2A Self-Defense Law says, the woke religion is against objective reality and all its tenets. Just got done reading a book called The Parasitic Mind, How Infectious Diseases Are Killing Common Sense. Best book to understand this pathogen illness cult. Cool. Um, Captain's Log says, besides ruining the endocrine system, pro-hormonal steroids are toxic for the liver and kidneys. So besides psychologically, these blockers will kill on top of promoting unhealthy life choices. Hey, stop bringing science into here. I'm pretty sure, Captain's Log, that science is, that's hate science. That's hate medicine. How dare you? Uh, Stephen Landau says, the magic words that they use to currently, to end the conversation, transphobe, racist, Nazi, fascist, etc., will eventually come to mean that we just disagree. But until then, the damage is being wrought. See Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, I actually, I had a conversation with someone recently about this who has a high school or, um, high school boy, and he was saying that uh, in high school, the the kids the kids are, he was like early high school, maybe it was in junior high, I don't know exactly how old he is, junior, late junior high, early high school age. Uh, they use they use racist just as like a, a friendly jab. So someone will do something that you don't like and, be, and they'll just say racist. I mean, it's become just like a thing. It doesn't mean anything. No one says it. I mean, they don't say it meaning actual racist. They're just saying it like, you jerk. Um, Rock Lexicon it has says, have y'all seen Carl Benjamin discussing woke queer people's glow up pictures? Vid is called the SJW destruction of beauty. All the people look like mediocre versions of the opposite sex. It's sad. I haven't seen that, but I have seen a website that does similar kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, and there's, there's lots of websites that have like before and after pictures of women, uh, the ones I've seen are like women in radical feminism or like, you know, we'll say radical social justice, like before and after, uh, radical social justice and, you know, <sighs> depending on your taste, I would say for most people after pictures are much worse. So, uh, all right. Maggie Ellis says, I always say this thing is like the nothing from Neverending Story. Have you guys heard of Martin Gurry? He speaks about what's happening. I have, don't know Martin Gurry. Do you know Martin Gurry? No, I don't. Um, the nothing from the Neverending Story. Marie Buskey says, it's at times like this we need to find courage. When you find the courage and speak out, it will be difficult and there is often a cost but what you gain is freedom. This is precious. yes. Can't agree this more, is Marie. True. Um, Maggie Ellis says a little more about Martin Gurry. This is all about the tsunami of info, the cracking of institutions. But the pushback is all about going against things. And I realize you two and I, MAGA, is about that too. Yeah, I actually, you know, the more I've been looking about Great Reset stuff too, I it, it's amazing how much all this stuff kind of fits in with, with globalist agendas. Um, Michael Rechtenwald wrote a really good article about this on Lotus Eaters, I think, the other day, uh, which is Carl Benjamin's, a.k.a. Sargon of Akkad's website. Uh, so go check that. I'll find a link to it. Someone remind me to find a link and, and put it in chat. Are you showing off the doggy? Go ahead, show off, Tiger. <laughs> Tiger's back. There he is. Tiger's back. And he's better than ever. He's quiet. He's nice. He's being good. And he's not He's not barking anymore because I think the chainsaw is over. Good. 
I'll Fight You Naked says, at its heart, this philosophy seeks the destruction of the Western world. America won't exist if there are no more Americans. It's just one attack point. Yep. Uh, Grimshare says, have either of you read Karl Popper? I, I've, like, read around Karl Popper, and I may have read some excerpts, but not. I haven't read him too much directly. Do you think woke ideology has become a magical taboo, a new mysticism as a reaction against rationalism? Hmm. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, it's definitely... I think the analysis of why we end up with, with woke ideology needs to include uh, Moray's psychology... Like, it, it actually is, I think it's actually quite complex. I usually blame philosophy, though, so uh, I'm down. Little Ragamuffin says, truth versus lies. It's the age-old war. Adam and Eve fell for a, a lies, and nothing yes. has been the same since. Freedom is knowing the truth and living in it. Yes. Yeah, not to get, like, religious, but I'll use the analogy as an atheist anyway. You know, I think the Bible says this multiple times, but I know it says it at least once because I remember it. Um you know, Satan is of lies, right? That the evil, yes. the evil is of lies. You use lies, and the reason that evil needs to use lies, and you can say that I'm just saying this as an atheist, like complete atheist. The reason evil needs to use lies is because, like, goodness is predicated upon truth, like truth about reality. Like, you need to be like. There's no conflict between what is good and what is true and what is real. And if woke ideology came along and said, "Hey, how would you like to, how would you like us to help destroy Western civilization? We're really angry." No one would join. But they come along and say, "How would you like to be anti-racist? How would you like to save, you know, children from oppression by cutting off their genitals, whatever it is? How would you like to be anti-suicide?" Everything is couched in a lie because it has to be couched in a lie. And you know it's couched in a lie because the conversation needs to end after that. Questions can't be asked. If it weren't couched in a lie, you could ask questions about it. Rand Paul could ask legitimate questions. We could have a discussion and the truth would be obtained. But they know that an open discussion will reveal it to be false. So they have to start with a trick, start with a lie, get you to believe the lie, and then make sure you never, ever question. Don't get into a discussion about it. Don't analyze it, because if you get into a discussion to analyze it, you will discover the lie. So, There's also, um, in, in his sermon this past Sunday, my preacher, which you guys can follow if you're interested. Some people have asked me. They have a new, they have a YouTube channel called Church on the Square. They have a new clips channel, too. Uh, but anyway, in his sermon this past Sunday, he um, talked about how in Paradise Lost, Milton was kind of portraying Satan as Satan was this fallen angel, right? And he had this resentment and jealousy of Jesus. And it made me think of the Cain and Abel story, which Jordan Peterson has talked about mm -hmm. also being an allegory about two modes of being in the world. And, you know, Cain, of course, being the example of the resentful life, the resentful way of being. And, you know, to me, it's it's like this belief system is it's it's not just about resentment. Uh, it's not just about lies. It's about 
the absence of all that is good, like thoroughly, it is, it is like a reflection. It's, it's completely the opposite. It's about destruction. <clears throat> it's not about creating things. They are destroyers. And yep. they are, as I've called them before, joy eaters. They eat yes, I your love joy. That phrase. They're joy eaters. They can't stand expressions of yeah. joy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be a Christian to get some of these concepts, although I think it helps. But, you know, Carter is atheist, and he, he can look at this and draw these same analogies. But... I don't know. It's, it's just, uh, it is, it, it does help to think of ideology as a living thing. And instead of thinking of, this is based on that Carl Jung quote about how people don't have ideas, ideas have people. You need to start thinking of it that way. Quit thinking of ideology as something that people possess and create and, and animate. Ideology animates people. <laughs> ideology possesses people. I would say that it depends on the person, right? Your job is to make sure you don't get possessed by anything. Right. So if you are uh, introspective and uh, focused on personal growth and development and questioning your own uh, assumptions and and beliefs constantly and making sure that, you know, if you have a good feedback loop and you have the self-esteem to say, hey, I was wrong about this. I'm going to change my mind then you're less likely to be possessed by an ideology. But if you're afraid to, to do that, if you're afraid to have that alone time, if you're afraid to look introspectively, uh, then you are ripe for possession of any ideology um, because an ideology will come along and explain all of your ills in some way. You know, you just wait for the right one. Some ideology will come along and fit you like a glove, explain your ills in a way that makes you feel good and excuses you from having to do any introspection. Uh, and that's when you become an NPC programmed by ideology and you cease to be human, in my view. Not literally. Uh, okay. Maggie Ellis says, last thing, please do check out that guy. I crave hearing more discussion about his subject matter. P.S. He's apparently a former CIA, so he's big picture. Are you talking about Martin Gurry? There's another former CIA agent I've, I reached out to that I wanted to get to uh, on the show, but he hasn't gotten back to me. I'll look at him, too. I don't Like I said it before, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Penumbra Syndicate says, Carter, yes, almost all offenses require an accompanying, accompanying mental state as elements to charge a crime. New states will exempt guilt in offenses. Okay, that's scary, right? Because um, we know how that will be used. Uh, I think just a couple more, few more super chats, and then we're caught up. Um, the next one is from All Right, All Right, All Right. And let's see if I can put it on screen. I don't know if I can. I might have lost it. Yeah, I can't put it on screen. But SBC Church, SBC Church in Oregon had a how to counter CRT event two weeks ago, expected 25. Instead, 270 showed up. Emails flooded in from kids. Wow. Please pray for us. That's wow. good news. That's I awesome. Mean, yeah. See, people are hungry yeah. for it. They're hungry for how to fight back, how to speak up, how to speak truth. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Our church opened in a pandemic, and they were told, you can't start a new church in the middle of the lockdown. And we outgrew our little space we're in a bigger space now that's how fast our church is growing people are hungry for truth 
Judge Lott, Carrie, this one's for you. Judge Lott says, I apologize if you answered this before, but what type of animal is tiger? And then he says, tiger. Breed. he clarifies, not, he doesn't mean is it a canine. Tiger is a dog and I don't plan <laughs> on breeding him because he has had part of his anatomy removed against, he did not consent. He did not consent. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no, I know what you're really asking. I don't know what he is. Let me tell you about, we've never talked about tiger. It's been too frivolous to do. Tiger is from a flea market in Kentucky. My friend got him there when he was a baby. He was in a cage. And so he's a little redneck flea market mutt. And uh, and then, and I suspect he's probably got chihuahua in him and also some different kinds of terrier. He jumps like a Jack Russell. He can jump really high like a Jack, like boing, boing. And then he, um, he also, this hair makes me think of Karen Terrier, like Toto in Wizard of Oz. Um, but he lived with my friend in West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio, California, all within a year. And then she gave him to me when she got pregnant. So I've had him for about four years now, I think. Um, and now he's, he's lived in five states. He's a well-traveled dog. That's the story about Tiger. He's a jet setter. Yeah. Uh, and he's a former... That- He's a former Barxist, and on Instagram, oh, former Barxist. he is the most blocked dog on Instagram. He's on the most block lists. Wow, nice. <laughs> Good for Tiger. He's a wrong-thinking dog. Just kidding. I don't know. I just like to say that it sounds like he's like... He is blocked, though, by some people, right? Yeah, he's blocked. He is on some block lists, which makes it kind of funny. He's a dog. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Matt Deckard says, I miss going out to swing dance. Yeah. Well, I do too. I don't, Matt I don't, Deckard, I, don't dance much I just want to say thank you for the super chat. And also, you have such a cool style. I really like seeing your photos on social media. You have really, really cool style. You know, Carrie. What? It might be hard for you to believe. I did used to swing dance in the 90s, late 90s. That's cool. I believe. I do believe mm-hmm. it. I, bet I used you- to go to the five spot in Philadelphia when I was going to Penn, and I would go swing dance. Yeah. Um, I look forward to when, next time I see you in person. We'll do some swinging. Yeah, I don't remember much, but dancing. I remember enough to at least not be horrible. <laughs> yes, that. Thank you for clarifying. You have to do that nowadays. All right. Two way self defense law says ideas to humans is like code to a computer. That is why Gad Sad's book is great. I like Gadsad. I don't know what book you're referring to, but I'm sure that it's great because he's the parasitic great. mind. Oh, that one. Oh, okay. Oh, that one that you talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, Judge Lot says, Uncle Carter, if I were to admit that I really like the song Drive by the Cars, would that lower your opinion of my masculinity? <laughs> hmm. You're assuming I have an opinion of your masculinity, which I do because you sent me an awesome knife, which is right actually back here. I think, uh, you know, the knife makes up for oh. Judge Lot. You're good. Somebody says, oh, what a great, a couple people say, my cat is a meowist. A meowist. <laughs> a former meowist, like a former Marxist, or, <laughs> yeah. I'm not transphobic, says Thundercats. This is a super chat, but I'm reading it out of order. I'm not transphobic. I have my dog neutered. <laughs> oh, my. Well, Pyrotomsky asks, are you sure that Tiger doesn't identify as a baboon? 
he identifies as Splinter from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> See? I don't even know what you're talking about. Never mind. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was actually uh, kind of like after my time a little bit. Like, I don't know. I wasn't really into it. Maybe maybe it wasn't after my time. I just was never in. Uh, okay. I think this is the last Super Chat we've got going on right now. Trinoculus P says, some of us people of prayer are interceding for a third great revival to counter the Great Reset. I love this. Well, I feel like I really like the Super Chat. If you are a believer... I don't know what you guys think, but I agree. I think that we are due for a great revival. Also, if you're not a believer, I think we're due for a renaissance too. Like, I mean, I think we're due for a cultural shift out of this abyss. I think we're due for dark ages first and then. And then, yes. And then a great revival. (laughs) Which I know is not what anyone wants to hear, but you know. Yeah. Um, Okay. One more super chat and then we can kind of. Uh, actually decide, I don't even know what we should do after this. Maybe we should wrap it up. Maybe not. Oh, wait, there's two more. Damn. Okay. One says, fiance found your reaction last week pretty funny. That's uh, Azor. <laughs> okay, punk. Yeah, okay. well. Yeah. She she better, she better. Uh, Congratulations she better on your engagement. And then I'm going to finally read one. Holly, thank you, Holly. Good. Says, stay devoted to seeking the truth. Sounds simplistic. But people seem so obsessed with being proven right these days, which might be why they desperately ally with the woke left. Seek truth. Thank you. The, yeah. th- that's the thing is, it seems simplistic, but it's not. That's why um, when I read criti- some of the criticisms of Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life, they said, oh, this is all common sense. These are things we we all know. It's like, yeah, that's because it's not common anymore. It's mm. It sounds simplistic, but it's not. We've made things so convoluted. And when you find like some simple rules for life, like don't tell lies, like speak the truth, seek the truth. It's like people, I almost think people hear that stuff and they don't, they're so disconnected from truth already in the way that they live and the way they interact with words and stuff that they hear that and they don't actually hear it. They hear some kind of uh uh, like hearing an aphorism. When they say, when they hear seek truth, they hear be right, frankly. Which I know sounds like the opposite of what you just said, but that's yeah. what they hear. That's uh, crazy. They hear be right. Um, this is, you know, this reminds me of something oh, that they I've just said hear, before. They just hear Can a I... meaningless aphorism. Yeah. I, I want to say this again because it's important and it relates to this. I think it's important. Um, maybe it's not important. This is a conversation. This is a version of a conversation I used to tell founders when I was running an accelerator, but this is more the personal version of it. Don't tie your self-esteem. So people, a lot of people tie their self-esteem to their conclusions. I believe in universal healthcare, or I believe in this, or I'm a Democrat, or I'm a good person because I'm against racism, or I'm like, whatever it is. They believe in, they, ha- they have a belief system and they tie their self-esteem to adherence to their belief system. And and this is a very, um, uh, it's kind of a very structured, rigorous, uh, templatized way to view morality. It's as if there's this, hey, there are these things and my self-esteem is tied to whether I adhere to these things and, and these things can get swapped out or whatever. But 
that makes it very, very, very difficult to change your mind on something. Because if one of those things turns out to be wrong, you you actually you don't even want to analyze it. Um, and the psychological barrier you've put up is pretty significant because it hurts your self-esteem to be wrong about that thing. So instead, and no, no one likes being wrong. I'm not saying I like being wrong, but I, I tried to do this a long time ago and I try and do this as much as I can. I'm not perfect at it. Instead of marrying my conclusions, I've tried very hard to marry the method. Uh, in philosophic terms, I mean marrying the epistemology. And, you know, metaphysical assumptions come with that epistemology. But it's it's marrying the process. And so I say, okay, look, I endeavor to use reason and evidence. I, en- I endeavor to do this based on a an objective metaphysics, and I'm going to use reason and evidence. And basically, that's the starting point. And there are some things that fall out very early from there, like individual rights, which, you know, I'm, I won't get into how that is is concluded, but I guess that could even be theoretically questioned. Someone could question that, and it would be like, okay, well, if you have a serious argument against individual rights, I need to consider it because I'm not defined as an individualist. I defi- my, I'm tied to the method of, okay, I'm going to use reason, and I'm going to use uh, evidence and I'm gonna have. I'm gonna be. I strive to be rational in the beliefs that I have. And again, I'm not. I'm not always correct. Sometimes there's error of judgment. Sometimes there's like an error of ego or what you know, whatever. Like we all have psychological reasons why we can't get past things or do things wrong or believe things incorrectly. But if you do that, then your self-esteem is not tied to your conclusion. And so when someone comes along and says, "Hey, you might be wrong about this thing," you don't immediately feel like you're sense of self is threatened. I don't have to, if someone came along with an argument against some conclusion that I've had, I don't have to feel like, oh my God, I, I have to change who I am. It's just, I okay, I'm going to still approach this with the same, the same way that I always have. And if it turns out that I'm wrong, I can change my mind and still have integrity because I'm, I'm not undermining who I, who I've defined myself as. And I, I really can't stress it. The other thing I like about focusing on epistemology is it presupposes that it's your job to think and make your own judgments. Uh, and so those are the two things I really like about it as, a, as an outlook is focusing on the method that you use to like, what do you consider knowledge and how, how do you come to conclusions? That method matters way more than what those conclusions are. I'm going to say this in a different way, much more succinctly. Sure. Eckhart wow. Tolle. All yeah. right, you go. Just knock me down there, Carrie. No, I'm go just, ahead. For people who hear differently and process differently <laughs> with fewer big words, Eckhart Tolle made me think of this a few years ago. I can't remember how he said it, but I'll just paraphrase. Don't confuse your opinions for your identity. That's it. People get uh, that's it's not, a similar that's not thing. Okay. Yes, shut up for a second. Okay. That's not sufficient. Don't that yes, doesn't explain everything I just said. Uh, never mind then, Carter. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying it, it I'm not saying that it it Okay, okay. Go on. Oh my god. I'm relating to I'm something getting defensive. you said it's in fun. a different way and you're getting defensive. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Go for ahead. Diff- people that hear things differently, don't confuse <laughs> your opinions for your identity. That's it. Like, it's just your opinion. 
I know what you're saying is more complicated and I don't, but not everybody's going to follow that, but your opinions are not who you are and they can change. Yeah. Although I, it's the word opinion that I'm pushing back on because it's, it's conclusions are is better because your beliefs aren't your, like, not everything is an opinion. Some things you don't view as an opinion. People don't view things Mm -hmm. as opinions. Like, people don't view certain beliefs that they have as an opinion. If you say, they they won't say, that's my opinion. They'll be like, no, that's a fact. I've concluded this, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm trying to push into the realm. If if you use the word conclusions there, I might say, sure, that's a much more succinct way. That's all. I'm just gonna continue to say, don't confuse your opinions for your identity. (laughs) Okay. And I'm not gonna say has anything to do with what you just said. Eckhart Tolle wins, done. That's all. (laughs) That's fine. Ah, all right. Um, Carrie, we're being told that way you don't have personal, that way you don't feel personally attacked when somebody disagrees with you because people confuse their opinions for who they are. And then when people disagree, especially online, they get, they get really defensive or they feel like they're being personally attacked when it's like, Wait, why am I getting, why am I feeling, why am I taking this so personally? They're just saying my opinions are wrong or, or my, my ideology is evil, <laughs> but they're not saying I'm evil. You know what I mean? Like, that's also why you criticize the, per, the, 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 the ideology and the beliefs and the opinions rather than the person. Like I believe I'm friends with some people who believe horrible things in my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they're necessarily horrible people. They might be behaving in horrible ways because they believe these horrible things, but I don't think if that. They, how much horrible ways do they need to behave in order to become horrible people? That's the question for another day. We'll <laughs> yes, to that's the question for another day. <laughs> um, Finest City Cycling says two things media have failed to cover regarding Texas grid issues. One, how wholesale energy markets and scarcity price caps work. Two, ERCOT's computer glitch and Texas PUC's order to fix it. Yeah. That was actually on my agenda to discuss today, but we've been going for two hours and I feel like unraveling. There's two things I wanted to talk about that I think we're just not going to get to today, Carrie. One is the Texas power grid stuff that Finest Cycling, Finest City Cycling just brought up. And two is, did you see the art, the paper that Thomas St. Thomas shared on the COVID stuff? No, not yet. So let's talk about that You would that like on that Monday. one. So maybe Monday. I want to read we'll that first. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I had we'll chainsaw do. problems and dog problems today and everything. So, no, oh, that's yeah. cool. Uh, the captain's log says Tanahisi Coates is writing a Superman reboot. No Are you way. kidding me? No. <laughs> He's gonna ruin <laughs> Superman, guys. <laughs> yeah. There's no way around it. I can't imagine <laughs> that being good. It's gonna be like yeah. uh, Tanahisi Coates is, is basically and and. And they're going to teach kids if it's anything like his book. They're going to teach kids that um, that they are uniquely marked and out of society and viewed as other, and they are uniquely um, inferior because they're black. <laughs> and that they're it's it's like a really he has a this ideology is very racist. It's not really healthy to grow up learning this stuff. Son, I stand for lies, social justice, and destroying the American way. Um, if he does do the Superman reboot, I will be excited to see as Hill, Hill versus Babyface do reviews of it. Yes. If they're as entertaining as his Batwoman reviews. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, 2A self-defense law tries to show both of us up with our long descriptions and okay. says, the greatest obstacle to discovery isn't ignorance, it's the illusion of knowledge. That's true. Probably true. Yeah, probably true. That's true. Um, so okay. I, I don't have anything, I mean, other than those two big stories, which I don't think we should talk about two hours into the show, I don't have anything big unless you want to take a look at uh, Hasbro's Potato Head. I'm 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 good. Oh no, let's not. I thought that was a Babylon B article at first. I I can't believe it's. I mean, I can believe it's real. Okay, it's been fun. Thank you guys for joining us. We like to start the show with four minutes of technical problems and end it with an <laughs> argument that gets smoothed over quickly. <laughs> we, Carrie and I love each other. We get argument. This is how it works. When you're an adult, you can get into an argument with someone and not be all butthurt afterwards. It's yes. fine. Don't worry, kids. Yeah. Um, Pirate Tomsky, by the way, <laughs> says, there, there are great people, Kalel. You must teach them social justice. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. <laughs> you must. Or wouldn't it more accurately be, they're a horrible racist people, Kalel. You must teach them social justice. I don't, I don't think that's more how the conversation goes with Kalel. <sighs> All it's right, been everyone. fun. Okay, make sure you guys, I've been told you can't put off this book to the last minute. If you want to join book club this month, the fourth turning, you need to start that book now. And I'm talking to me and also I you. haven't started it. And I haven't you, started it. Did you did you send me one? I don't I don't think I don't think I, I have it. Oh. Okay. Oh, if I haven't sent you one, I, I think I have, but yeah, look, I mean, it's all big font too. Okay. Yeah, but you better start now. Jesus Christ. It does. It looks like it's uh it looks like it may be a little dense. And this book is really interesting. It's about based on our interview with Cameron Pasha and everything he was saying about it, it's about um di the diff four different generations and how they keep sort of repeating themselves and we we're, we're in this cycle, this whole it's it, it made me think of that meme about um Hard times create strong men, strong mm. men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, and that kind of cycle that keeps happening. But yeah, yeah you uh, anyway, you want to read this one, get the fourth turning, start reading it now, and thank you guys for joining us. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm sad that I didn't get to show this today. By the way, we missed uh, Red Lantern said crab people are taking over the world. We missed that super chat, very important one to show. Uh, I was going to be excited to talk about Texas. Carrie, because I want to show how old I am. I have an article in an actual paper. <laughs> I was like, hey, I read an article in the paper and I, I get an actual in a real paper. newspaper. That's how old I am. Do you know how and crazy the woke, with the, hat. the woke people are? One of my friends here in Texas, she posted something on social media about how Texas should retain its energy independence. Okay, this is the extent of what she said. You may not agree with that, but that's just a policy position about energy independence. That's all she said? That's all she said. She yeah. ended up getting harassed and berated by these former friends of mine <laughs> uh, who ended it by getting drunk and ended the thread by basically calling her a deplorable racist and all kinds of things. And yeah. she didn't even fight back. She just stayed out of it. And they were basically arguing with themselves over the course of a day or two. And I, I was like, how crazy is it that all you said is Texas should retain its energy independence and the Wokey is like, you racist, you know, <laughs> like what? I've, I've had enough to drink that now I, now you're racist. <laughs> like, it, like that's where you go. 
Also, that's how you spend your day? Of course, that's where they go. Wow. All right, one more. Wait, two more super chats. Sugar Water says, have you seen Crowder's vid on voter fraud, went to registered addresses, and they were parking lots, commercial buildings, or didn't exist? Uh, yes. Not only did he do that, then he got – did he get banned from Twitter for that? I think I think his half-Asian lawyer oh, argued. Think, yeah. Um, and I think yeah. he's back, but – Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, great stuff. Wow. Uh, and finally, Adam Coleman says, Carrie, I'm almost done with the book. A couple more weeks still done. Should be published – End of oh, March. cool. Adam's writing cool. a book, you guys. Um, Adam's in oh, book cool. club. Um, that's awesome. Congratulations. I, that's yeah, got to be that's a big task. A huge monumental task. So, yeah. Good, good it's on one of those you, things Adam. that I wish I could do, but I just like the time required to do that and the energy that you need. Like, you got to be, you got to be a focused individual to get that kind of crap done. So, yeah. all right. Okay. You can say goodbye now, right? Good. Yeah. No more super chats. Have a good weekend, everybody. Do something normal. Be a rebel. Take your mask off somewhere and maybe go to church. (laughs) Not Carter, but do something rebellious. (laughs) Something else rebellious. You can go to church if you want to. I just won't be there. Yeah. Um, I'm not against you. Buy some seeds and plant them. That's rebellious these days. Now I love to buy seeds. (laughs) Yeah. <sighs> All right. Have a good Be weekend, joyful. everyone. I don't know. I what a day. All right. Bye, Terry. Despite all the all of the odds. Yeah. Laugh. Laugh. That is that is wrong. Think right there. Just that watch really, watch that a really funny movie. <laughs> yeah. Watch Tropic Thunder or something that would piss them off. All right. Okay. Later, everyone. Have Go a good weekend. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. You have permission to feel safe now. You are welcome. Here's a fun lived experience. Human biologicals enjoy an unearned and privileged status in today's culture. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Please enjoy this special message of appreciation from your benevolent leaders. Thank 
computer voice Curtis. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.